The following is a hoop bowl presentation. Ballers, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome into another episode, another edition of Today in Sports Betting. I am your host, Devin Ellington, or D-A-L-E-007 on Twitter. You can find me and the rest of the guys over on hoop-ball.com or at hoopballgaming. Team's been crushing the free play lately. Over the last two weeks, we've darn near hit plus 20 units. We had incredible runs from Joe Campese, our guy, at Joseph Capital BXT, and then back to lowercase R A D E R. So essentially, it's Joseph BX Trader, the BXT capitalized. And then our current streak holder, Mr. Jonathan Martinez. Follow him at M42TINEZ. It's like Martinez, but the AR switched out for a 4 2. He cashed on Adam Thielen touchdown prop yesterday, plus money. The day before that, we cashed a plus money play. Not only did Jonathan cash the free play article, but he also had. Another touchdown prop in uh, Corey Davis at plus 200 cash. So, something tells me that uh, the king of ding is going to now be the the king of touchdowns. Um, Really smart prop better we got here with Jonathan. I'm glad he's on our team. So, between Joe, Riley, and uh, Jonathan... I just want to say I had a I had a two unit winner in there at the beginning of all this, and then I lost a unit. So I contributed a unit to these profits. Went one and one in my plays, but hit a two unit play. Helped y'all take advantage of an odds boost on mybookie.ag, our wonderful sponsor. Bet, win, get paid. Use promo code Hoopball. More importantly, though, go to hoop-ball.com. Like seriously, there's so much free content on there. So much free stuff. So many tools for you to be using for fantasy basketball. It is so good. I All right, so look, if you are in the beginning stages of your fantasy basketball career, me, I've only been p- playing for a few years now. Uh, you know, being associated with hoop ball has definitely, definitely expedited my learning curve. And I think that a wager pass is well beyond the investment. And it's going to increase dividends in an ROI base for you like none other. I mean, you got the Brew 150 award-winning rankings for the past decade. Mr. Roto himself, formerly over at Roto World, uh, Aaron Brewski, just shout out to our leader, the man himself. Not only, you know, does this guy work so, so, so hard on the hoop ball side, but I mean, he's got his personal and professional career also. And, uh, you know, he's a great boss and he's, um, definitely taught me a bunch of stuff about fantasy basketball, professionalism, 
just working uh certain ways getting different data just it's 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 good it's good so then we got the pod father dan best for his papa dan's what we call him over here and um fantasy basketball guru wonderful podcast so you've got to check in on all the hootball stuff at hootball tweets or at hootball fantasy team specific coverage. So if you need some Celtic stuff, go check out at ball and opinions, our boy, Patrick Lousby. Patrick is uh, busy on green room all the time. I'm always seeing him go active opening chat rooms and stuff. A lot of people are starting to use this green room thing and he was well ahead of the curve. Um, so Patrick's been harping at the green room to the rest of the hootball team for a while now. So shout out to you, Patrick, uh, AG, our guy talking Sunday, he, uh, had his first NFL Sunday, NFL fantasy football analysts for us. We got fantasy football too, not just fantasy basketball. And look, our fantasy football tools are free. His podcast. It's marvelous. It's free. What I'm saying is the talent and the insights runneth deep over here in the Hootball Rivers. We're like the Euphrates or the Nile. We are definitely not in denial, though. So don't forget manscaped.com. Go over there, get you a lawnmower 3.0, 4.0 is going to be coming out. Shortly, I'm sure they just keep topping themselves with great product after great product. I need to get myself a weed whacker. Just turned 29 on Tuesday, and my nose and my ear hairs are starting to uh, do some weird, nasty old man things. So, weed whacker, lithium battery, dual heads, anti tug technology, so smooth to take care of the soft spots. Go get your lawn mode. Go to uh, manscape.com. Hootball 20 is your promo code. You get 20% off and free shipping. Today's show is an exciting one. We get some college football on Thursday again this week. We get one game, not counting FCS or Division II or NAIA. Lord knows I love my NAIA, my Division II, mm. FCS, mm. Speaking of FCS, how about Jacksonville State? We took the points against Florida State this weekend, but they ended up winning outright, which they almost did last year against Florida State. And I remember talking about this game on a show last week. Just saying, I saw it coming. Mm, excuse me. I saw it coming. FCS teams have just been balling out this part of the season. Picking up covers, picking up wins. The Salukis of Southern Illinois gave K-State all they could handle in Manhattan, the Little Apple. NFL is a weird, finicky a-hole to bet. <laughs> that 49ers-Detroit Lions game, crazy. Absolutely crazy. Hey, pay attention to Elijah Mitchell. If uh, Raheem, Raheem Mostart's going to be out for some time, they're going to have two rookie running backs back there with Trey Sermon, who was inactive this last Sunday. And we saw uh, Elijah Mitchell cap off a 100-yard performance in his first NFL game, formerly of the University of Louisiana Lafayette, Raging Cajuns. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
the frogs are hanging out today. And speaking of these raging Cajuns, yeah, this show, we're, we're going to just kind of jump all over the place. We got some international soccer today. Last night, I split the draws in the late uh, Liga MX matches, Carretero. And uh, man, who did Carretero play? Oh, Nasaka. Nasaka, they, uh, Nasaka got their butts whooped. Um, but the Pumas match ended in a draw, which that was plus 225. These were personal plays, but, you know, uh, these, these soccer games are super fun. And uh, just kind of journaling at this point. The WNBA, I went ahead and took both unders in the evening games yesterday. These were a bit more in the Discord, a little more public. Uh, premium subs, you get the Discord access. If you're not set up, if you didn't know about the Discord, well, first of all, shame on us. Secondly, shout out me. Get in my DMs on Twitter or Dan Bespris, at Dan Bespris, Papa Dan, like I talked about at the top of the show. Go ahead and email support at hoop-ball.com and uh, just let them know. I need Discord access. We'll send you over an invite. We'll get you going. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply coffee speaking of discord the fantasy basketball channels are just buzzing we got some leagues that people need to get you know spots filled in like we've got some we got a community of people looking to create new leagues get uh, familiar with their brethren over here at the hoop ball family and uh we got some leagues speaking of which i got a friend and i that we're looking for a few folks for our league. We had some guys drop out. It's a league that's been going on for like 10 years now. And uh, let me know at D-A-L-E-007. Hit my DMs if you want to jump in a league. It's an 11 cat uh, head-to-head assist turnover ratio and offensive rebounding being the other two uh, categories. Oh, had a mini stroke right there. All right, so... I think we should just go ahead and pop the top on this Ohio and Louisiana Lafayette game. I just want to point out the team did phenomenal work this weekend for a team to cover the NFL week one like we did. You know, I was a little indisposed and busy this weekend. Had a lot going on Saturday. Had a lot going on yesterday. I was at the Braves game. They ended up winning. Uh, It was really exciting, really fun. And, um, if you are in Atlanta, I would suggest checking out Truist Park. Um, it's not Turner Field, but it's still got so much history there. The Braves is a very historical franchise. They got like a wall, a walk of history, like a little miniature museum within the stadium. And fun fact, the Braves franchise started in Boston in 1904. They were the bean eaters. I forgot the Braves were once the bean eaters. I knew who the bean eaters were but did not know that they were the Braves originally. Herman Babe Ruth. Yep, that's right. 
he's got ties to the Braves franchise also because he played for Boston. So really, really cool stuff. I actually had the Braves minus one and a half on the run line yesterday. So getting to watch one of my bets cash in person, really cool. And then uh, we just missed the over by a hook. So Eddie Rosario in the bottom of the ninth with two outs, missed a home run that would have taken us to the over for the Bra- And the Braves definitely would have covered their run line. And he missed it by 12 inches, maybe a foot. Very exciting game. Definitely excited to go back to another one. Okay. So, looking at Ohio. Ohio. And the Rage and Cajuns, which is kind of funny because I'm wrapping up season one of True Detective. I know, I know. It's old and, you know, whatever. I I just don't get around to too much stuff, you know. I'm a dad. I watch a lot of sports. I talk about a lot of sports. You know, if there's not sports on the TV in the house, then um, someone comes and checks my fever. So, you know, it's uh, that's just kind of how it is. Look, I just want to say with this Ohio team. Oh, yeah. But my point about True Detective, they're in Louisiana. You know, I'm just talking about all these different tangents that somehow go together. Louisiana. Raging Cajuns. They are in a good spot here against Ohio, in my opinion. They, you know, they got their butts whooped a little bit against Texas. And we were on the Raging Cajuns on that game. But we look at, okay, and I was looking over the lines last night when they dropped. 19 and a half is what we were getting on ULL. Home favorite. Totals 54 and a half. We're seeing 83% of the bet percentage come in on the Raging Cajuns, but only 58% of the money, so that kind of gives me a little worry. But that is on the current number of plus 20 for Ohio. I look at two things. As good of a quarterback as Rourke is, he's got good bloodlines. His brother played quarterback here for the Bobcats and has a good amount of passing records or passing numbers within the franchise or the, what do you call, program history. Uh, They're not franchises. But then you look at the fact that he turns the ball over a lot. Uh, He's a gunslinger. He's a little mentor, Brett Favre. He's got a strong arm. He's a good quarterback, and I like him. And I was high on Ohio going into this season, but with Solich retiring due to health issues, and all of my good thoughts, all my good energies with him and his family as he works through these health issues, we haven't really gotten a lot of more news that surfaced, you know, outside of the Ohio beat area. I'm sure that, you know, there's a lot more knowledge up in that area about what's going on with Frank. Great coach, legendary coach. He was going into his 18th year here at Ohio, 17th year at Ohio. He was the longest tenured head coach in college football. You remove that or he has to step down. That's a pretty big deal. Frank Solich was the glue for the Bobcats. And I think it's showing you got a guy who is not expecting to be a head coach. I, I don't even know who their interim is. Probably a guy that's been under the staff of uh, Solich for a while now. And here I'm going to find out um, real quick because now I'm curious. And. 
losing Solich is just so big. Um, yeah. Sorry, I'm just I'm I'm look I'm reading. <laughs> I need to stop doing that when I'm recording. So inconsiderate. So we got a young quarterback who likes to turn the ball over. We got a little bit of coaching upheaval. This line opened at 19 and a half last night. It's only a hook, but it's already moved to 20 today. I really, really like what we're looking at with ULL on a short week. You know, the Ragin' Cajuns had a easier matchup this weekend compared to who they played in week one, Ohio. They have lost... I mean, they just lost to Duquesne. They lost to Duquesne. Let me say that again. They lost to Duquesne's 28 and a half point favorites. And they lost by two at home to Duquesne. To saying. Wouldn't be shocking if it was basketball. But look, this is a Duquesne team who's not even in the FBS ranks. Another FCS school getting some success. The Ragin' Cajuns, they've got 20 starters back from last year. Notably, the senior quarterback, Levi Lewis, look for his name come NFL draft season. He's got some tools. He's got some decent pieces around him. This team returns... Their top 13 tacklers. The person highest on the totem pole that to ooh, that came out weird. Totem pole that they lost on tackles last year or overall just defense was their 14th ranked guy in Joe Dillon. But underneath him, you've got Chris Moncrief, Eric Gorer, uh, Mason Narcisse, Andre Riley, Tyler Gujere. You know, four more guys right underneath him that return also. Then you lose Blair Brooks, who is their bottom guy with 12 tackles last year, just a depth piece. Joe Dillon had one and a half sacks. He had some quarterback hits. He had six, which was the most on the team, which is uh, interesting. But um, look, fact of the matter is they returned like 20 guys almost. 18 guys that recorded some positive stats last year on this defense. This is a deep team. Billy Napier in his fourth year, great head coach. He played quarterback at Furman from 99 to 02. This is a 3.25 point home field advantage, according to Phil Still. Um, in this matchup, this is going to be the fourth meeting between the uh, Bobcats and the Ragin' Cajuns. Last time they met in 19. And then they won, uh, the Raging Cajuns won 45 to 25. They were plus 109 yards in the differential. They went plus four on the turnovers. Man, the Cajuns are eight and one. Well, now eight and two. We won't count the game last week against Nichols. But eight and two after the game against Texas. But eight and two the last two years in non con games, including the Bulls. Billy Napier gets his guys prepared for outside opponents. And they could have covered against that Texas team. They just 
you know, just a bunch of dumb plays at the end. This is a team that hasn't finished outside the top 100th in special teams in the last six years, five years. They've got tons of people in play here on the coaching staff. There's co-offensive coordinators, Tim Legger. He's a wide receiver coach. He, uh, and then a former quarterback, Michael Desormu. Napier calls the plays, but he's got those co- co-coaches. Patrick Tony, second-year defensive coordinator. He also played here. So a lot of former players on this staff. I, I find that to be cool. So the purpose of this show is I was going to do first glances, something, some stuff that stuck out to me as I was glancing over the cards last night. But I wanted to highlight this Lafayette and Ohio game because I think Ohio is just purely a fade. Um, they are in a rough spot. Uh, we've got lots of questionable tags and stuff to look out for. Um, Ohio's got two guys, Key Thompson and Isaiah Cox, questionable, a linebacker and wide receiver, respectively. Some pre- pretty big guys that we want to make sure, you know, are going to be in for Lafayette. But like I said, they have lots of depth. Carlos Rubio, their left tackle, he's got a lower body injury. He's questionable. These are updated on the 12th. Short week, so a few of these guys could be out, especially against a lesser opponent. Tyler Brown on the offensive line. He is a depth piece. He's been out the last couple of games, so he's just been out already. Farad Gardner, stud linebacker. If he plays, he's a huge difference maker. He missed last game, unspecified ailment. So we're still looking to see what's going on with him. Jamal Bell, wide receiver. Um, you know, he was on this team last year. He uh, He's a good target for Levi Lewis. You want those guys in there. The line guys, you definitely want those folks. Fraud Gardner at linebacker would be huge. But my play's already locked in. So these questionable tags, the offensive line ones are going to suck, but I believe in Levi Lewis enough, and I don't think that Ohio's going to be able to get enough pressure or bring any blindside pressure in an effective manner against Levi Lewis, who does have mobility. Coffee. Uh, great mobility as well as pocket presence. So, look, Raging Cajuns minus 19 and a half. It's only going to swell. It's only going to swell. It's going to get up to three scores, I think. And that's something we need to monitor. I mean, it's already moved. A little bit. So that's where we're looking. Some other games that I am going to be looking at. 
and I'm going to kind of rapid fire these because I was using that Ohio ULL game as like a little bit of my deep dive. We'll talk about that game more on Thursday, obviously, on Thursday's show. But here are some things that I'm looking at that I think you should go ahead and lock in. I like doing this because I like to see how the line moves afterwards. Coastal Carolina minus 11 against Buffalo. This is Buffalo's toughest game that they've had this year. Coastal Carolina covered against Kansas just barely last week. By the hook for me, I got that 26 and a half. Ooh, that was huge. I'm glad I didn't play the first number of 20, I mean, 27. There were 28s out there. So I'm glad I got that 26 and a half. So sometimes playing early will get you. I mean, it's it's a part of it. You know, when we try to play Nostradamus, that you know, we 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 kind of spin the narrative in our head and make it feel okay. You know, like oh yeah, this is definitely how it's going to go because of A B C. But you forget about D E F G H I, J K L M N O P. So I think I did my alphabet right. I, this would be so embarrassing if I didn't. Now I'm doubting myself. Anyways, we uh we learned the first half of the alphabet today and how to maybe say it or not say it. Um, so, hey, I've I've told you, uh, I'm a boy from Oklahoma and grew up in some trailer parks and apartment living. You know, <laughs> I've come a long way. I know my ABCs. I, I promise. Uh, Army against UConn. Look, I'm just fading UConn. They lost to Holy Cross. Holy Cross just lost to Merrimack this weekend. This UConn team is... I, I, I didn't think they were going to be this bad because they were this bad last year. And this is bad. Army just working folks early this season. They look phenomenal. Army's probably impressed me the most. The ball control game that they have played. Army's put up at least 35 points in their first two games. And look, they played a Georgia State team that I was very high on who had 21 returning starters and some really good defensive pieces. And then Army went and got in a shootout with Western Kentucky, the Hilltoppers, this weekend, and they won that one, 38-35. Western Kentucky with that revamped, you might as well call Western Kentucky Houston Baptist because they got the top FCS quarterback in Bailey Zappi. Uh, transferred in and his weapons and their offensive coordinator and then that Western Kentucky defense. Well, I think it's going to start to shine when they get into conference play, but the triple option is always hard to stop. And you think UConn's going to stop it? Hell no. Hell no. Time of possession. Look at what, what Army's been doing with time of possession so far this season. They worked Georgia State. It was like 42 minutes to like 17 minutes. And then you look at how they played with Western Kentucky and look at some time of possession stats here. Trying to find the number, trying to find it. Sorry. I'm looking at all the stats from this game, but here's a decent one. Here's a good one. 40. I'm sorry, 73 plays ran for Army, 59 for Western Kentucky. And Western Kentucky's a fast offense. Fast offense. 9 of 13 on third down. Man. 
Army's team is just, I, and look, I, I say this term because it's funny and I heard it on a fantasy football podcast and you know, if it offends someone, then you can tell my boss, pop, pop a Bespris. But um, look, I just want to point out Bailey Zappi. He had 435 yards on this army defense. He is a dynamic quarterback. There ain't no way that UConn Zaragotis or whoever they're trying to start in there now. I think they got their second guy in there. Um, you know, Randy Edsall, if you're not familiar, said he's going to see the season out. And then like two days later, he's like, ah, actually, I'm going to retire. So they're dealing with some of what Ohio's dealing with. And UConn just got worked again this weekend. I don't think they scored a single point. Uh, looking at time of possession. Here, yeah, 39. They almost hit 40 minutes again. Western Kentucky only had the ball for 20 minutes. 39 minutes, 38 seconds for Army. Army has had the ball for almost a full the length of a Lord of the Rings movie. <laughs> so far. Not the theatric or the theatrical version, right? So not the extended cut. We all know that the extended cut is way better. If you're going to watch the Lord of the Rings, you watch the extended cuts. I'm passionate about it. Sorry. What I was going to say is Army's a bunch of clock suckers. They suck the clock. Clock suckers they are. Golly mighty. They're an efficient team on third down too. UConn. They're getting ran up on. They are going to give up so much. And they're not going to be able to, like, their time of possession might be 11 minutes, 10 minutes. It's going to be less than what Georgia State's was. And they only have, like, 14. Might have got 15. Or I think I said 17. So it was not a lot at all. Army had 42. Yeah, there's 60 minutes in the game, so 42 and some change, 17 and some change. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. So um, real quickly, yeah, they lost 49 to nothing to Purdue this weekend, UConn did. So do with that what you will. Give me Army minus 33. I'm interested to see which way this line goes. Oh, it's already gone up a hook. So 33 and a half this early morning. I started recording at about 7.20 this morning on the East Coast. And uh, yeah, this is probably going to spike to, I'd say 35. The total's at 51 and a half. No opinion currently on that. But... UConn's going to get worked. Give me all the Cincinnati, man. It's already gone up to three and a half. I got my three last night. It opened, though. It opened at, I believe it was two. Two and a half? Yeah, it was two. Yeah. And then some spots, one and a half. Give me the Bearcats minus three. This Indiana team started out ranked, but I think they are short sold. I think Penix, the excitement of what he brought last year and what he did and what Indiana did, I think 
that's kind of been what has fueled their early season perception. I think it's going to start to tarnish. They looked pretty bad against uh, who'd they play in week one? Let's see. It was uh, Iowa. And then Iowa just beat Iowa State. So Iowa's looking really good this year, obviously. I was high on Iowa. A lot of people were trying to talk me into the Iowa State thing. And I was just like, no, I'm good. I like Kirk Ferentz, Matt Campbell, great coach, but uh, he doesn't win the big games and he doesn't beat Iowa. So, yeah, Cincinnati, Desmond Ritter, senior quarterback. I think he's a fifth-year quarterback. Fact check me on that. That defense, the pressure they apply, the line yards, they just got their invitation into the Big 12. This team's feeling good. They're going to they're gonna take care of business against the Hoosiers over there in Indiana. So Cincinnati, I figured they were going to have a magical season this year. Getting a win against the Big Ten team would definitely help out. Then, well, this one's already moved the other way. Me and Joe were talking about this game in the Discord last night. Nevada opened at minus two and a half against Kansas State in the Little Apple in Manhattan, Kansas against the Wildcats. Minus two and a half was the opener. I went ahead and snagged it because I thought it was going to go the other way. thought it would go up to the three to the three and a half, which I didn't want to grab the key number. I wanted to stay under. My thinking is you've got probably the top quarterback prospect in the NFL draft this year in Carson Strong. You've got a kicker who can hit from 50 plus. So good coaching for Nevada, solid defense, way better pass defense in my opinion, than what K-State's going to have this year. Pressure, I think they're going to be able to you know, match what K-State does with their physicality in their run game. They got to worry about shutting down Deuce Vaughn, but then on top of that, they cannot let uh, Tom- Thompson, Will, no, it's what, it's Skylar Howard and Will Thompson. I always combine the K-State quarterbacks' names because they play like the exact same way. But they got a sixth-year senior quarterback in there, uh, super senior. And I'm going to pull up a depth chart right now just so I can get the right thing. Man, NC State let me down this week. Um, They kind of crapped the bed. Hey, there's Kansas State. Cool. Skylar Thompson. Yeah. And Will Howard. Will Howard's the backup who filled in for Thompson last year who was dynamic. Kansas State, one of the biggest home field advantages, according to Phil Still, at four and a half points. Nevada coming in as a road favorite. K-State's like 18 and four. Joe told me about this last night. It was a good find by him, but 18 and four as a home dog. Um, their last 11 or no, that wouldn't make sense. It was, it was extrapolated over a certain amount of time coffee look k-state opens up big 12 play at osu at oklahoma state next week then they follow that up by playing ou back to back by week iowa state you tell me that they ain't gonna overlook nevada yeah i think they're gonna be looking ahead to ou or to osu you know just saying 
this this uh this Nevada team they're gonna test a lot of people Carson strong he's got his full offensive line in front of him this kid's got size he's got weapons Rome, Romeo Dobes is what I like to call him <laughs> but it's Dobes Dobbs I don't know it's D-O-U-B-B-S. Dobbs, Dobbs. I've heard so many analysts say it differently. Uh, phonetics can only help so many people. <laughs> but surprised that the line movement's going the other way on this one. The edge is going to be huge in this game. Kansas State's going to try to get some stretches, some long horizontal run plays going. I think Nevada's front seven is going to be disciplined enough. And then their guys in the back end, they got starting experience and they got some good size. So I think that is a really good spot. SMU, Louisiana Tech, over 66. My first looks because if I look at Louisiana Tech's last game against Southeast Louisiana, FCS school, they. Uh, the, the game was 87 total points. 87 total points. In a football game against an FCS school. You let an FCS school score 42 on you at home? Louisiana Tech can score a bunch of points. They scored 34 and lost by one against Mississippi State week one, which they were leading that game by like 20 points at the end of the third Mississippi State came back to win 35-34, so that's 69 points. Ayo, 69 points in the first game, 84 in the second. So what, 84 plus 69, that's going to be like 153? Off a quick top math of my head. That's 153 points, almost 163 or 160 points in the first two games combined in Louisiana, uh, Louisiana Tech games. Now, this is the ultimate, like, this is the ultimate spot where this is going to go under, right? Especially since we have it as an early look. I'm confident in it because SMU, you know, they, they've got a decent D or offense in place. I think the under hit last week, the under hit last week because, well, I mean, it was set at 76. And I was on the under in this game for SMU and North Texas. North Texas cannot move the ball. I figured it was going to be a controlling game by SMU. SMU's defense has looked pretty good so far, but they've played Abilene Christian. They won 56-9. That game went under also. Went 65. The total was 66. So SMU's first two games have gone under because of their lesser opponents. Louisiana Tech can move the ball, and they're going to be at home. This is going to be a shootout. Y'all remember the SMU-Louisiana Tech game from a couple years ago? Put your seatbelts on. It's going to be all cake, no break. Over 66 on that one. Bama. Told you. I'm just going to play. I I lost this week against Mercer, but it was a 53.5 point spread. I I figured it was going to lose, but... I told myself I'm playing every single Bama spread this year, and I'm going to do it. I mean, they've just been so profitable over the last five years, or since Saban's been back. I mean, 
extrapolate it. Look at his all-time ATS stuff since he's come back into college football coaching into Alabama. He, the, I, I, you know, it, it, you can't ignore the results. And I know it's chalk, and I know it's dumb, and it's not really an educated play. But if there's a crumb on the table, you got to take it. You know? Bama, Florida. Bama's on the road. I don't think it matters. I got 15 and a half. It's come down a hook to, to 15 in some spots. My bookie has minus 15 at even money. Hmm. Hmm. 83% of the bet percentage is on Bama. 98% of the money is on Bama. 15% differential. 17% of the bet percentage on Florida. 2% of the money is on Florida. Follow the money, folks. Follow the damn money. Bama, roll tide. I hate saying that. I've been living in Georgia too long now. I should I should have stayed in Oklahoma. No, I'm kidding. Definitely shouldn't have. But, Bama, I mean, I'm just... 55-point spread is what it closed at for that Mercer game, just so you know. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. You know, these two teams in the SEC championship last year, the game ended a a 52-46 affair. 16.5-point favorite is what Bama was. But Florida don't have no Brevin Jordan or Kyle Pitts, their dynamic quarterback. or no, Brevin Jordan, I'm sorry, went to Miami. Don't, don't listen to me. Kyle Pitts, Darius Tony, first-round draft pick, pass catchers. They lost Felipe Franks. They lost, um, well, not Felipe Franks. Who was the kid that uh, was quarterback in last year? It wasn't, it wasn't Kyle Trask. Was Kyle Trask? Yeah, I think it was last year Trask was quarterbacking. But Trask, I think, in the NFL now. Look, Bama's got that stud running back, Brian Robinson. Senior. Got his first start this year. He's going to take every advantage that he can. Will Anderson for Bama. Guy's a stud. Now, one thing I want to say, Bama did lose their linebacker opposite of will anderson and let me get his name pulled up here i'm gonna pull up an injury report once my computer decides to let me log in daggone technology real quick on these injury reports since i've got them open cincinnati at indiana Hmm. jalen williams a defensive two defensive backs questionable for indiana um Devin Matthews, Jalen Williams, Cincinnati clean sheet. Um, let's see if I can find it. Actually, let me check the Nevada K-State injury report too. I had it open, forgot to use it. Huh. Okay. So I forgot about this, but Skylar Thompson left the Southern Illinois Salukis game with a leg injury. So, Will Howard, their backup quarterback, may be making a start against Nevada. 
And with the way the line's driving this number down, I mean, you're already getting a less number than I got at two. I got two and a half. Look, just betting perception and casual bettors in the market, not knowing that Carson Strong will probably be the first quarterback drafted. I think just namesake and then K-State being at home and then how they beat Stanford, which I think Stanford, they made that switch with to McKee at quarterback. Look what they just did to USC. I was high on Stanford coming into this season. I knew K-State was going to perform really well against them in the week one matchup because of the quarterback stuff. Once they settled on the right quarterback and that defense gets settled, watch out. They just picked up a signature win against USC. They play Oregon and Washington in Pac-12 this year, but they get them at home. And under Shaw, Stanford, that is, the Cardinal, when they have Oregon and Washington, this is the last four times that they've had Oregon and Washington at home on their schedule. They've won a share of the Pac-12 title. So, just want to say, I know that K-State dismantled them week one, but look what K-State did against Southern Illinois. They barely won. They won by like two points. It was like 28-26, I think. Skylar Thompson, if he's out or not even 100%, give it to me. Give all of that to me. If, I mean, if the market's going to keep driving it down, I mean, right now Nevada is minus 130 on the money line, but it's a two-point spread. The money line's not moving. I think folks are pretty savvy on that. But look. Damn, that is crazy. 93% of the money's on K-State. 64% of the bet percentage, though. Wow. Wow. All right. It's going to be interesting. Joe, Joseph Campisi, he likes K-State in this one. I like Nevada. going to be interesting. Yes. Okay, so that other linebacker for... Alabama, opposite of Will Anderson. Let me get it pulled up here. I thought I had the Bama-Florida game uh, injury report up, but I don't. So let me get it found, get it pulled up. Here we go. Thank you for your patience. Um, bothers me I can't remember this kid's name because he's damn good. He's an NFL talent. Ooh. Christopher Allen. Chris Allen, yeah, he had a foot fracture, so he's out for the year. Will Anderson's actually on the injury report also. That could be why this line's moving. Kamar Wheaton, they'll get some running back depth with him back, being probable. Probable? What the hell was that word? Probable? (laughs) Prodigal? Josh Job, defensive back. You know, I'm not sure how important Josh Job is. I, I'm not up to savvy on all of Bama's depth, but I know they're deeper than Florida. And I don't think Florida is I mean, look, they had a game against USF this weekend. They didn't cover. Uh, it's Bama. And I know that's a stupid reason to make a pick, but I said before the season started that I was gonna play against the spread on Bama every year or every 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 week this year. So they they cover and look this is another one of those numbers we saw it in week one against Miami Nick Saban is like 70% against the spread against a ranked team even more so 
even higher percentage against a ranked non-con team. But being a double-digit favorite against a ranked team, against the spread, he's like, I think he's like 72% at Bama. It is ridiculous. You gotta gotta go with the numbers, you know. Hmm, excuse me. UTSA, the Roadrunners against Middle Tennessee State. This is under two scores right now. Looking at the defenses, I think UTSA is obviously obviously goodness gracious. Let me get some coffee here. Maybe I can start talking. My goodness. Sorry about that, y'all. Just having all sorts of little strokes today. All right. The Roadrunners. Me, me. By two scores. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'll just uh, kind of keep that simple. Frank Harris, dynamic game control quarter. I don't say game manage. <clears throat> Excuse me. Game control. They got Sincere McCormick in the backfield, former, I think he was a four or five star recruit, SEC back. Uh, you got some guys on the outside and the pass catchers for Frank Harris. Entire offensive line comes back. I think UTSA, if I remember right from my readings um, and my analysis and my previews earlier this year, before the season started, I believe, let me pull up my UTSA page here, but they returned, here we go, they returned so many guys, Joshua Cephas, that's who I was trying to remember, wide receiver, big, 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 big body, 6'3", uh, he was honorable mention in Conference USA last year. His brother's in the NFL. The Lions. I got them winning against Middle Tennessee State before the season. I will say UTSA is 4-4 four and four straight up, 2-6 and six ATS in Conference USA home openers. They failed to cover the last four including last year's 37-35 win against the Middle Tennessee uh, Blue Raiders. But the Roadrunners are 4-3 and three straight up, but they're 2-5 and five ATS when hosting current Conference USA East foes. So I think that it's going to balance out here against Middle Tennessee. They just got way more depth. Jeff Trailer in his second year as a coach here. They are in a good spot. Sincere McCormick gets that run game going. Middle Tennessee State, they um they're a little struggling. A little struggly. A little struggly. They were for the first half struggling to take care of Monmouth but ended up winning 50 to 15. It was really close at the half. Lost by 21 to Virginia Tech. I am looking for this UTSA defense to have their day. 
they've got all sorts of guys. Lorenzo Dantzler, big piece to have there. Rashad Wisdom on the back end at free safety, their returning tackler, sophomore. Middle linebacker Jamal Lagan. Look for him to have a strong, strong year. As a freshman last year, he had 72 tackles, four sacks, three and a half tackles for loss, a pass breakup, and four quarterback hits. That's the thing. This team gets to the quarterback. They had three different guys last year with seven quarterback hits. Just three. So that's 21 quarterback hits between three guys. And those are all returning. Top 14 tacklers from last year return. Then they lose Savon Harris with 26 tackles, but underneath him you get one, two, three, four, five more tacklers and defensive players from last year. Look for Christian Clayton. We had five and a half sacks last year to perhaps make a difference. So lots of experience returning on this defense for UTSA. And I think they're going to do well against Middle Tennessee State, who's had mixed results early in the season. Now, let's move on. And look, this is, uh, it's already moved by a hook. It might be because folks think it's a lot of points and because, well, Troy gave Liberty a decent run for their money. And if you heard me talk about that game, I just, you know, I, I was, I hated going against Troy, but I have to back my Liberty Flames this year. I think they're going to have a special season. They're going to be like last year's Coastal Carolina. So I'm rooting for my, you know, the teams that I'm going to be so supporting week in, week out, Coastal Carolina, Liberty. Alabama. I'm a, I'm going to stick to my guns. Um, Liberty, 26 and a half against Old Dominion. These teams that didn't play football at all last year, like UConn, uh, New Mexico State, Old Dominion, it's pretty rough. Pretty rough. Now, it's at 26 now. My bookie has it at 26 and a half still. 26 over on Bovada. 91% of the bet percentage on Liberty. Not enough stuff in yet to talk about the um, money percentages, but we've got some professionals. We got some professionals on Liberty early. Uh, Colin Wilson, one of the main guys over at the Action Network, really smart guy, really sharp, sharp guy. He's calling for this line to move a touchdown up to Liberty. So I would say lock this one in early. I mean, 91% of the bet percentage. Like that's going to drive a number uh, once these markets, you know, people start actually coming into the market. Liberty, minus 26 and a half. Malik Willis, he, he's dangerously good. Reminds me a lot of Michael Vick. He's from Atlanta. He wears number seven. He slings it. He's got great awareness. He's got some talented players around him. Deep backfield, that Liberty defense, they stifled that potent Troy offense. Troy's going to be good this year. Watch out for Troy. 
because they got, you know, 20 starters back. They got deep, deep defensive units. Some transfer power five transfers came into Troy this year. Um, I like Troy. So the win in the cover of Liberty against Troy this weekend definitely bodes well, looks good. And I'm moving my attentions to San Diego State plus seven and a half against Utah. This is a home game for San Diego State. We were on them to beat Arizona. Arizona covered against Utah. No, that was BYU. I'm sorry. And then BYU beat Utah this weekend in the Holy War. Um, Long story short, San Diego State, they can play ball control because they got a guy in Greg Bell who's probably going to rush for about 1,500 yards. Uh, See what he put up last week. It was like 160 yards against Arizona, which I knew Arizona was going to give up a bunch on the ground. I just felt it. We were on San Diego State plus 105, plus one and a half on the spread. And then if we look at what Bell was able to do, he had 17 carries for 125 yards, 7.4 yards per carry. That's just a good combination right there. And then you got Brookshire, game manager, but you know, 10 of 15 for 183, uh, 12 yards per attempt, two touchdowns. Um, Just, yep. So Arizona lost the sack battle. They lost the turnover battle. San Diego State only allowed Arizona 2.58 yards per carry. Wow. This is crazy. It's crazy, man. 228 total yards is what, what the Wildcats were able to get against the San Diego State defense. 21 first downs compared to nine. 49 rushing yards compared to 271. Utah better bring their run defense. Utah better bring their run defense, I tell you. Real quickly, let me find this Utah-San Diego State game so I can... Look at a. Uh, sorry, I'm multitasking. So I can look at a metric. I want to see. Well, I want to look at the health report. It's huge for me. Utah. Okay, well, they were already down. RJ Hubert, their safety, before the start of the season with an Achilles injury. We look at. Matchup stats. I'm going to look at some Yeah. So so far on the early year, Utah's given up 5 yards per carry. San Diego State on the early season and they've played Let's see San Diego State played uh They played Arizona last week. They opened with New Mexico State, so do with that what you will. But uh, so far, Utah is allowing 231 rushing yards per game. If San Diego State hits, if San Diego State hits 200 rushing yards, they win this game. 
Yeah. And then Utah allows their opponents to have 59.06 time of possession. A lot of that's probably from the BYU game this weekend. But Utah struggled against Weber State in week one. They were losing for like half of that game. San Diego State, let's go. I'm going with the Aztecs again. It's dropped down to even seven in some spots. So get your seven and a halfs if you can. Get your sevens because it's going to drop under that key number by the end of today, I would think. Last game. Last game. I'm not going to touch the Monday night football game. I know, sacrilege. But I'm a college football guy. Uh, Our team in the Discord on the website, I'm sure they're going to have the game covered in a lot of different ways. I know we have an anytime touchdown prop already ready to go for the wager pass today. Once I get done recording this, I'm going to publish the wager pass with Jonathan Martinez, who is piping white hot. Uh, I'm going to post his play in there. And then I'm sure our guys, Adam and Joe, are going to get rolling on some pigskin plays also. Then I look towards Bronco Mendenhall and the Virginia Who's, the Cavaliers, plus nine on the road at Chapel Hill playing UNC. This is a big number. 94% of the money is already coming in on Virginia. 60% of the bets heavily outweighing anything coming in on North Carolina. Now, I say this very cautiously, and I'm talking about this openly because my significant other, who is a Tar Heel grad, is not in the house currently. So I had to let her know last night that I was taking the points, but I got UNC winning. So I've got to play it safe. I told her I can't leave money on the table. I can't leave crumbs on the table. And she understood. But Virginia plus nine with that defense. I know it was Illinois, but look what they did last week. Illinois and North Carolina's defense, pretty similar. Pretty similar in the uh, in the fact and the scope that they're bad. So Virginia, I mean, they, they have had some really good success on the offensive side of the ball. They've got a little bit more explosiveness this year. They got a lot more composure. They got experience up front. And I think the defense is going to be the biggest piece of this. They got an aggressive secondary. I think they're going to pick Sam Howell off probably once. I think Virginia wins the turnover battle. Nine's a lot. I got a number closer to like three or four on this. And I think it's going to take either maybe like a backdoor cover or like UNC to be losing by like two or three and Sam Howell and co driving late and getting a go ahead score. Like, I I think it's going to be a closely contested game. I would not be shocked if Virginia wins, but I cannot say that with Krista in the house. So, uh, I know she normally doesn't listen this deep into the podcast, so I'm I'm pretty safe right here. (laughs) But Virginia plus 220 on the money line, I think there's actually a lot of value on that. And literally just watch the nine drop to eight and a half on my bookie. Literally just watched it. I looked up to one screen, looked down to another, and it moved. So, like I said, 94% of the money, 60% of the bets, plus 34 difference between the two. All of it's coming in on Virginia with good reason. I really like what this team's doing this year. They looked good against Illinois, like I said. And Illinois got some things to figure out. But look, they, they're coached by Billima. They're going to be a lot better next year. But uh, Virginia, sure, they played William and Mary, but they blanked them 
They scored 42 against Illinois. Illinois only scored 14. UNC, they got Sam Howe, yeah, but like, what do they got around him? Like I've talked about already, they lost so much, so much to the NFL draft. Diami Brown, Michael Carter, Javante Williams. I mean, just those three guys alone was like 90% of their offensive production. The other 10%, Sam Howe. Got to take the points with the with the Cavaliers. Plus nine. I think it moves. It's going to move. All right. That does it. That does it for the NCAA. I think there is just a little bit of a uh, little bit of soccer today. We got some games that, uh, you know, well, let's say we got Elche and Hatafe. Um, Elche and Hatafe. Let's see what it is. this is. Uh, Serie A, right? Serie A, Atletico Madrid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, no, this is La Liga. Yeah, Madrid's in Spain. Um, I would look at a draw in this game. Um, these are just opinions. Uh, I'm not sending anything full send just yet, but a draw at plus 205. In my draws, I usually put half a unit on. I'm just doing half units on these draws. We got Hellas and Bologna. Again, this this league, low scoring. Um, Napoli uh, was able to tie with this Hellas team, which Napoli is top, one of the top teams in Italia Serie A. Um, I believe here, I'm, I might get my league, might be getting my leagues mixed up. Um, Let's see. Sorry, y'all. I just want to make sure I give you the right information. Uh, Verona. They go by Verona, not Hellas. <laughs> hey, spe- tangent, but if you go to Kansas City and you need a brew, uh, I would definitely recommend, you know, or if you see it in your area, the Casey Beer Co., spelt B-I-E-R, KC Beer Co., the Hellas. Oh, one of the best beers ever. So good. So smooth. It's got some sweetness to it. It's a Hellas Bach. You know, it's a very, uh, what's that, uh, Bavarian-style, German-style Bach. You know, and, and for those of you who don't know, I used to be really, really deep into the bartending scene and very passionate about, about booze and like learning about it. And I was one of those craft cocktail guys. And I just love the science and the nature and history of beer mostly because it's a really awesome process. Uh, but I love talking about bourbons, whiskeys, gins, all that good stuff, distillation. So if you get you a chance, find you a six pack of, uh, I recommend the bottles, drinking them out of a nice, cold glass bottle throw it in the freezer for a little bit don't forget about it (laughs) i've done that twice this week with a couple of lacroix 
um, thought I was being robbed. And Hellas, the Hellas from Casey Beerco. That's my beer recommendation. So, anyways, Verona and Bologna. Bologna. Um, look, not a lot of goals scored between these two teams. Bologna being the plus 120 money line favorite, plus 230 for Hellas or Verona. Um, I'm looking. Look, a draw, like I, I just, I've been really trying to find matches in these draws because I feel that the value is there. We got a minus 145 favorite in Everton. Everton playing against Burnley. And I really think that minus 145 is a decent value number to play in soccer, especially when, um, you know, they're going up against a lopsided opponent. So I'm going to actually, I just locked in Everton, a good 1.45 units to win one. So we got some 3 p.m. English Premier League action. So that's where I'll be going. And then we've got Batiste and Granada. I believe this is going to be Serie A. Granada is in Serie A, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, figuring it out. Sorry, guys. I, you know, like I'm still learning a lot about this international soccer stuff too. learning my leagues. Um, no, La Liga. Okay. Yeah. La Liga. And that's the thing like Spain and Italy, a lot of their stuff looks a lot. So unless I recognize like a place like Madrid, like I know Madrid's in Spain. And if I can see that Madrid's in the same table, or recent games for like Granada or whatever, it, it, it helps. But anyways, this will be a fun one to watch. I think it'll be a little slower pace. Maybe an under could be in play here. But uh, these two teams on the table, they um pretty low. Batiste is 13th, and then Granada 17th. Goal differential. You know, Batiste is minus one on their goal, goal differential. They've had two draws in a low uh, in a row and a loss before that. So I think Batiste obviously going to be a little bit better in this spot. Granada minus four on the goal differential. Um, same thing for them, a loss followed by two draws. I don't see these two teams drawing uh, three matches in a row. I think one of these teams is going to win just based off the law of probability and average. Uh, Granada being the home team, I mean, they're lower in the table, but... A home dog at plus 220, I think that might be worth a half-unit sprinkle. I'm not locking it in now. I'm just observing. So, absolutely. There's some soccer for us. All right. With that being said, I am sending you all of my good vibes, all of my good energies. I am Devin Ellington again, or at D-A-L-E-007 on Twitter. Make sure to give us some follows and some love and leave us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts. If you would, screenshot it, send it over to us. We'll hook you up with something nice and fancy. And, uh, yeah, we got some good stuff to look for for this week. I hope you have a great, wonderful, safe, positive day. Make sure to be safe and be kind out there. If you can, do something nice for someone. If you need something positive, something nice to happen to you, I hope it happens. I'm sure it will. 
Make sure to be kind out there, folks. That's what it's all about. Be kind, be loving, be patient. A lot going on in the world today. You gotta, we got to be patient with each other. We do. Be understanding, be patient. All right, well, I'm going to get off my Mr. Rogers show, uh, soapbox here. With that being said, today in sports betting is out. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.